0: Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Hey, good morning everybody. Great to be with you this morning. Uh, We have been in such a special time over these last few weeks as a church with all that God has been saying and doing. I just wanna do a short kind of overview of the last few weeks, uh, a couple of months even, just to put in context what God is doing so that we understand where we're going in the light of what he's been doing. And over the last few months, God has been giving us this invitation to intimacy uh, for us to live and walk really closely with him in our lives. Now, in order to have an intimacy with somebody, uh, that then brings up anything that might be hindering and affecting that intimacy. And as a leadership, as, we were, as we've been praying over these last few months, God really spoke to us about, in this context of intimacy and anything that God wants to deal with in our lives, that He wants to create a culture of grace so that there is space and a safe place for people to respond in whatever ways relevant for them in their lives, to whatever might be stopping them and hindering them from that intimacy with God that He so desires. And I know that many of us desire to live in that way with Him. So over these last few weeks, we've been looking at what does it look like? What does it mean? How do we have a culture of grace as a church? And we've had some absolutely brilliant messages Uh, from different congregation leaders over the last few weeks. Their honesty, openness and vulnerability uh, has been absolutely amazing. And I'm sure you do and I do want to thank all our congregation leaders for being so honest and open. And I know last Sunday in each congregation that was meeting in person, uh, one of the congregation leaders in each place was again giving their testimony and their story of how they might have struggled with certain issues to do with pornography or sex addiction or in other ways, or how they've needed to respond to their husband or their wife in relation to that particular area that can so rob and try and steal, kill and destroy in a relationship and in a marriage. And I just want to thank all the congregation leaders because I know your heart has been to. Uh, be really open with everybody to help create a culture of grace and space for people to then respond in their own lives and I appreciate that uh, some of you might not have any kind of issues like that uh, in your life in terms of that area but there might be other things but because of this culture of grace that God is developing where there's no judgement, there's no condemnation Uh, it creates an environment where we can actually open up our lives knowing that people aren't going to point the finger, they're not going to accuse, they're not going to come down in judgement in any way. We're going to say, well, by the grace of God, there go I. And we've all been receiving, on the receiving end of God's grace in our lives in many ways and we're going to continue to do so as we go forward. And so, We've, we've, in this context of this invitation of intimacy, this whole culture of grace is being developed so that we can deal with any areas in our lives that stop that intimacy. And within any culture of grace, there's also going to be a culture of truth. Uh, and Jesus Himself came uh, to, to with grace and truth, those two sides of the coin working together. And so. We've been identifying some things over this last few weeks that stop us from living in that intimacy, living in the way that God has called us to, if you like, being that pure bride of Christ that He's called us to be. and. Over these next few weeks, today and the next couple of Sundays, we're going to continue to unpack this culture of grace, but we're going to be looking at a little bit more about what does it mean to have a culture of truth as part of this culture of grace so that we increasingly live more and more fully in who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us, so that we really live more and more in the fullness, in the full measure of who God has made us to be in Him and then who we are together as a community of grace, as a community of believers, as a community of truth. And so off the back of that, then coming into December, uh, we're going to have a few weeks running up to Christmas uh, called The King is Coming. And it's all linked with what God is doing at this time. And the King is coming is going to have some different elements to it. One is a prophetic understanding of what does it mean that the King is coming? What does it mean to be prepared and live ready for the King, for Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords in our lives, but also understanding that the King is coming on a bigger level than just our own personal lives. And so we're going to be unpacking that in December, running up to Christmas because we know Christmas is all about the King being born and coming to earth, bringing salvation, bringing the kingdom of God and all that that means, not just for us as believers, but what does that mean for many, many people around our lives that don't know Jesus and what that means for them. And then as we come into the new year, uh, we're going to be starting with some prayer and fasting in the new year. We'll give you some more details of that in the coming weeks. Um, But we're going to be launching into, in the new year, a whole series that's gonna last for quite a while, but going through the book of Romans, okay, the letter that the apostle Paul wrote to the Romans. And why are we gonna do that? Because I believe it carries on from what God is doing over these last few months, right now, and running up to Christmas and into the new year. The, the, The letter that Paul wrote to the Romans is I believe a prophetic letter that we need to be looking at now that gives us a a full understanding uh, of not just of what God was saying to them then in, in the church in Rome, to the Gentile and Jewish church there, but the relevance and the prophetic relevance of that book now into our culture, into our day, also to the church in our day, in our time. Uh, and also what that means for the Jewish people as well. So a bit of a big kingdom thing, but we're going to be unpacking Romans and I'm really, really excited about what is God is going to do. Uh, through what he wants to do. We're going to give you some other stuff to to be studying into Romans and praying through it in the new year uh, and maybe some other materials that you can use with others because I believe God wants us to unpack it and live more and more in the fullness of who we are in Christ together as a body and what that means prophetically for the church today as well as our own church and uh, what that's going to mean in terms of God's revival purposes. I believe that book is that significant for the church at this time uh, that we understand why Paul wrote the book of Romans and why it is so important for us now today to understand it and the relevance to our culture and to the church today in 2022 as it will be next year uh, coming. So let's get back into the now. Of, of what God is doing with us, and we've had some very special messages, as I've said, and we've we've thanked uh, our congregation leaders for being so open and, and vulnerable, and these stories that they've given of their own lives have really been stories of God's incredible grace and how His grace works in our lives, that there's no judgment, no condemnation, but instead creating a safe place where we can all open up our lives as we have said, so that we live more and more in the fullness of who we are in Christ. And these stories, these testimonies, in the context of what they've been sharing along with the Word, uh, gives us so much hope that whatever is happening in our lives, whether by personal choice in terms of negative impact or maybe things that have been done to us by others, that there is nothing that is beyond God's ability to forgive, to cleanse and to restore. So as we seek to move forward and grow together in this culture of grace and a culture of truth, that God's going to continue to show each of us the liberating way that He sees us, but also in the light of that, how we then see one another. Because a culture of grace is lived in the light of who He is in us, how He sees us, but then as a result of that, how we then see one another and we speak to one another, treat one another, serve one another, love one another in that context. So in the same way, that He is gracious to us, we are then able to be gracious to one another. And so a culture of grace and truth is a people that are filled with the nature and the character of God being expressed in and through each other to one another. And so... uh, we're going to unpack a few scriptures this morning just to really look at what has God done for us so that we're living in the truth of his grace towards us and his truth towards us. This is going to enable us to deal with the negative stuff we've been looking at over the last few weeks in terms of uh, can be addictions in our lives, whether it's a, a pornography or a sex addiction or another type of addiction or another kind of negativity that has impacted our lives. And a couple of weeks ago, Colin brilliantly unpacked uh, how the brain works and the effects of, of what happens in terms of negative strongholds when we give ourselves to certain behaviour and certain things, but then what happens when we begin to replace that negative activity with the positive activity of the truth in our lives and how those negative strongholds begin to be broken down, but then how we build positive strongholds, if if you like, the stronghold of the truth in our lives and what then that does for us that becomes defaults in our lives, the default of truth instead of lies or the default of truth and the behaviour that comes from it that honours and serves God rather than the other kind of behaviours that we then get, we've maybe been stuck in. And so we want to unpack some of the word over the next few weeks to really help us to understand how do we live in the truth and how do we apply the truth in our lives that then has so much impact and effect uh, on us. So John 1 verse 14, it says this, This is is Jesus, okay, speaking here Uh, and and it says here, uh, sorry, it's John writing about Jesus. It says, "'The Word then became a man, "'and this man came to live among us. "'Those of us who knew him have seen his glory, "'the glory that could only belong "'to the one and only Son of God. "'And he came from the Father in heaven "'and was full of grace and truth.'" He was constantly giving to people and always taught what was right. Now the nature of grace is to give because grace is rooted in love. And because God is love, His very nature is to give. Now some of the challenge of that is sometimes we find it difficult to receive. So God is speaking about this culture of grace, that he lavishes his grace on us, that the nature of his grace is to give and to bless and to fill us with the fullness of who he is so that we live with this overflowing life of who he is in us. But yet sometimes we find it difficult to receive or even believe the goodness of his grace, the abundance of his love. And how he he so just lavishes us with himself so much, and sometimes that's because we 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 either feel or we don't believe that we are worthy of him, of his love, of his grace. Other times we we find it difficult to receive because we think we've blown it, or we've gone beyond being forgiven, or we just think I just can't get my head round God forgiving me because I think I've just blown it, I've gone too far. Maybe. We find it difficult to receive this abundant grace and his unfailing love because of the, li- the lies of the enemy maybe sometimes seem more like the truth in our lives than the truth of God's word itself in us. And obviously. God is wanting us to cultivate this culture of grace and truth and love amongst us so that where there are difficulties that any of us might have in terms of receiving from Him, that we then then find ourselves living in a culture, in a community of believers full of grace and love and truth where there is space to say, Hey, I'm really struggling with that. I'm really struggling with something. I don't know how to receive and how to respond. And because of this community of graces, that's okay. There's space to be able to work through that struggle, to work through that difficulty. And that community of graces, we're gonna stand together shoulder to shoulder to help one another, to come through those difficulties, to come through maybe that unbelief, to come through those challenges into a place of faith, into a place of receiving, into a place of freedom in our in our lives and so in the same way that jesus came with grace and truth god is cultivating us as a people to be a, a community of grace and truth so in order for us to receive in order for us to live in the good of what has god given us what has he obtained for us so that we can live fully in who we are in Christ but together as a people who we fully are as a community of grace and love and truth with him. So let's have a look at uh, the Gospel of John chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 16 and 17. Now they're really well-known verses but let's just hang in there for a couple of minutes while we look at these verses. This is in the truth version. It says here, because God loved the people of the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not die eternally, but have God's gift of eternal life instead. So God did not send his son into the world to condemn everyone, but to save people from condemnation, through faith in Him. So we see here John is writing that because God loved the world and because the nature of God's love is to give, there's always an action to God's love. And because He loved the world, He gave. He had to do something. He gave Himself. Why did He give Himself? Because there'd been a separation between man and God. That separation came in because of sin acting independently from God. And so therefore, God wanted to do something to reconcile man to himself so that we could once again be one with him, without blemish, without wrinkle, without shame, without blame, so that we can be one with him. And it says here that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not die eternally but have God's gift of eternal life instead. When God came, He came to give us something that we could not attain ourselves, that we could not obtain ourselves. And so He came and did something purely based on His nature and His character in order for us to, to be forgiven of our sin in order for the power of sin to be broken from our lives so that we don't live under that any longer but that we could come into His forgiveness. We could come into His grace, into His love because of everything that He accomplished and everything that He did for us on the cross. And so it says here that he didn't send his son to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, if that is God's starting point with us, that he did something that we could not do, he did something before we even loved him, he loved us. And therefore, in his love, he did something for us, which was to give himself on our behalf knowing that we could not reciprocate with anything that we could do in our own strength, but it was purely down to his mercy, grace and love, that he took every sin upon himself. That right at the beginning of our Christian life, when we responded to his grace, and said, Father, forgive me for everything that I've done that has separated me from you. He came at that moment and cleansed our hearts and our lives from the power of sin and from sin. And at that moment, he says that he made us worthy. He made us holy and blameless in his sight. Now that's God's starting point and that's the relationship that he brings us into and then wants us to walk with him in for the rest of our lives and I love the way that that's God's starting point and that's where he wants to take us and us living in our relationship with him so if right at the beginning of our relationship with him there is now no condemnation I have forgiven you of your sin I have cleansed you and made you holy and blameless in my sight that's how he sees us every day that we walk and live with Him. Now we know the enemy wants to steal, kill and destroy that. We know we end up doing things in our lives that sometimes robs us of that intimacy and us living in the fullness of that. But this is what this whole culture of grace and love is all about so that it enables us to come and live fully in who we are, knowing there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to read some verses from Ephesians chapter 2. And what I want you to do for a few moments is I'd like you to close your eyes and I'd like you just to receive what God is saying through his word to us this morning, which is about what he has obtained, what he has done for us. And so I just want to pray right now that, God would enable each one of us to receive from him in the next few minutes, all that he has done for us, a fresh revelation of that, a fresh understanding of that right now. So just maybe close your eyes for a few moments. I'm just going to read the word to you. And I believe God wants to wash us with his word. I believe he wants to cleanse us with his word if we, not just from sin, but just a freshness of the rivers of his life working in us. So let's have a look, Ephesians 2 verse 1, just close your eyes and just receive from him right now. What and who you are, are now in direct contrast to what you used to be. Once you were spiritually dead, because your lives were full of sin and disobedience to God's word. This is how you used to live, when you lived according to the world's standards, because you were subject to God's enemy. You did belong to his negative kingdom of darkness and were controlled by the Spirit who still works in the disobedient. All of us at one time shared in that ungodly lifestyle, longing to satisfy our flesh. We all sought to gratify our fleshly desires and sin filled much of our thinking. Just like everybody else, we were subjects of God's anger because of our sinful this position. That's who we used to be, okay? Now just receive from him. Despite all of this, because of his great love for us, God, who is so rich in mercy, actually brought us to life with Christ even when we were spiritually dead because of our sins. What a wonderful work of his grace to save us out of the death and darkness of sin, out of the hands of the evil one we once served. Now he has actually raised us up with Christ and sees us seated with him in heavenly places because he has placed us in Christ Jesus. He has done this so that in the future we might demonstrate that the riches of His grace are so immense that nothing can be compared to such riches. And this grace has been shown to us because of His kindness towards us, expressed in all Christ Jesus has done for us. Just keep your eyes closed for a moment. Father, we thank you for all that you've accomplished through Christ for us. That it's all a work of your grace, a gift that you have given us. And even now, it's a continued work of your grace, a continued gift of who you are in our lives just keep receiving right now. You see, it's only because of His grace that you have been saved. All that we did was to put our faith in His willingness to be merciful and gracious towards us. So our salvation isn't anything that we could possibly have worked out for ourselves. It is completely God's gift to each one of us, none of us could ever boast that we have achieved acceptance by God through the works that we have performed. The truth is that we, that you are a work of God's own hands. Father, I just thank you for that revelation of the truth of who you are in our lives that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And instead you've placed that with your grace and your love that has made us acceptable, accepted in you as your children, loved, made worthy in your sight. I thank you that the power of the lies of the enemy be broken over any of our minds and thinking that says we're not worthy or good enough or acceptable. Father, I just thank You for the release of truth in a fresh way in our lives that enables us to receive as we believe in a fresh way who You are in us, what You've done for us and what that then means in our lives. Then Paul the Apostle prays. You can just open your eyes for a moment. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 3 I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, That's you and me. We've been, we are, this is the truth of who we are. We have been rooted and established in love because we are in Him. We are being rooted. This is what He has done for us. This is what He has obtained for us so that we can then attain everything of who we are in Him. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, together as a community of grace and love, we may have power together to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and how to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that surpasses all the lies of the enemy and the tricks of the enemy, it surpasses all of that, trumps all of that, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now what we're going to do this morning is we're going to give you a few minutes to spend some time with those around your tables where you're sitting or in the homes with others that you're meeting with and we're going to give you a few minutes, right, to spend a bit of time just sharing together, what has God spoken to you this morning? What has He shown you this morning? And also maybe, what does this mean for you in your life? What are you going to do with it? And then thirdly, just spend a few moments praying together, okay? Okay. And so we want to give you a few minutes, some space to share together what God is saying to you, what this means to you, what what this looks like in your life, okay? And then we're just going to come back in a few moments and then pray together just to finish with. So gather with others around your table. What's he saying? What's he doing in you? What does this mean practically for your life? And then pray together for a few moments and then we'll come back. Well, I'm sure you've had a great time in these last five, ten minutes just sharing together, praying together, encouraging one another. And we want to do that going forward uh, in lots of ways that when we do gather in person in the buildings on Sundays, uh, we're going to be having round table. We're going to be having tables and creating a different environment because we want to give space for people to share together, talk together, pray together. Sometimes that might be in the, even in the middle of a message, we take a few minutes and say, hey, let's... Um, just share for a few minutes and pray together and then we come back to the word and we we just want to do that and give space to respond as God's speaking and working. So just to close this morning, I just want to pray for everyone. And especially if you don't know Jesus today, maybe, I don't know, In the last few minutes, maybe around the tables you've just shared with somebody, hey, I don't know Jesus. I don't know what it means to know Him. And maybe you've even responded and and given your life to Him in the last five or 10 minutes. Maybe that's what you've been doing around your table or in your home, wherever you're gathering with others. But i just love to pray for us all this morning. Uh, before we, we move on today, Father, I thank you for all that you're revealing, doing amongst us at this time. Father, I thank you to continue to cultivate this culture of grace and love, this community of grace and love that we are and growing more and more into. Father, I thank you for those that have surrendered their lives to you today or maybe those that need to give their life to you today. Father, I just pray that after the meeting in a few moments, round the tables or in the homes that we're meeting in, that people have time to respond. Maybe if you don't know Jesus, maybe say to somebody, hey, could you pray with me, talk with me? I want to know more. I want to come into this this life that you've been talking about this morning that seems so amazing that I don't have in my own heart and life. I'd love to know God and to have him in my life in the way that you're talking about. Well, Father, I just pray for those that... That's where they're at this morning, that you just grace them to respond and surrender and give their lives to you today. And Father, I just pray that you continue to grow us as a community of grace and love and truth together in these coming days. All that you're doing amongst us and the grace for people to open up their hearts and lives in different ways so that we can move together without condemnation, without judgment. is so, so important. And how we talk to one another and how we talk about things about issues and challenges that we don't talk about stuff in a way that is critical and judgmental. We talk about things in a way that gives opportunity and space for people to respond, knowing that they're going to be met with grace and mercy and compassion and love, but also with truth as well, with grace. And so Father, I thank you. Send us out. Holy Spirit as a community of grace this week in your life and power to be a blessing to one another and to those that are going to be around and with this week in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.